All right, we're rolling. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Butterfly Effect Podcast. Today, I'm joined with Jenny, making her third appearance on the podcast, Third Time's a Charm. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the charm is for, (laughs) but it's there. Um, Today, we're going to talk about some cool stuff. Um, If y'all, anyone out there lives alone, this one's for you. I don't know why I'm trying to seduce you with this voice here. <laughs> but yeah, Jenny, what's up? How you doing? How you been since the last time you came on the podcast? Today's a today's an okay day. We the, the moon is in Virgo. The and, moon is in Virgo. And my moon is in Virgo, so I've been a little emotional. But, <laughs> but I've been I've been having a mostly okay good day. <laughs> good. Good. How's life been since then? Any any updates we need Ooh. to we need to know about. You don't have to share anything you don't want to. When was the last time we did identity stuff? That was a virtual recording. Yeah, that was the first virtual Because I'm in Minnesota, y'all. We're so happy that she's here. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I have changed living situations. So yeah. I'm living alone in my, for the first time First in my time life. ever. Um, Give it up for her. Everybody start clapping. <laughs> Yay. Which is a big deal because I think prior to this I've had, I think the running count is 17 roommates. 17? So, Could you name them? Yeah, if I went in order. <laughs> could you? you? Yeah. Do you well, want I guess, to? yeah, because I could too. <laughs> I don't know. Like you forget people. <laughs> start with freshman year and just keep Jeez. moving on. <laughs> I wonder how many I've had. Hold on, let me count. Mm-hmm. Wait, do your siblings count? <laughs> I did not count my siblings. I did count my partner. Okay, okay. Wow, 17. That's nuts. It's a lot of people. That a lot is of a lot of people to learn how to live with, a lot of like differences in how people like live in their spaces, but also a lot of similarities that maybe mm-hmm. start to drain on you. Where yep. Like, why is everybody like this? Why does everybody have a full dinner set that they want to carry to every single apartment that <laughs> Let, they have? Let's start there. What are some <laughs> of the pet peeves? Like, what are some of the worst memories you had living with roommates? Oh, um, <laughs> okay. Well, it drives me crazy that every, like, a lot of times when I live in a place, that the people, like the roommates I have, bring their entire kitchen set with them. Okay. Especially during college. This is a really common thing. Yeah. Because... Everyone's aunt donates, like, yes. spatula to Exactly. <laughs> and so, and the justification from everyone is like, well, what if I need it later? Yep. That's which me. Is like, ah, we're like, You don't want to go out and buy it all again. But then if you're living in, a, in an apartment a with two space. or three other right. roommates... It's also, you have four sets of kitchen dishes <laughs> in an apartment that's like not large, right? So, or you have like four no crock- cabinets, or like four crock pots. I'm like, we don't need four <laughs> crock pots, you but like no sporks for some reason. Twelve <laughs> coffee cups, but not one knife. <laughs> oh man! Oh, those so are that, the days. That's probably one of the biggest ones. It also like leftovers is a thing that drives me crazy. Oh yeah, because. Like, when I have leftovers, I eat them within the next couple of days. Right, same. And if I don't, then I throw them away. Exactly. Like and a normal person. <laughs> there are people out there. Sorry, I don't mean to throw in shade if any of my past roommates listen to your podcast. Um, love you all. Um, but, like, people would put leftovers in the fridge, and then they'd get, like, pushed to the back, and they'd forget about them. And, like, a month later, they'd be like, oh, and then they have to throw it away. They're covered in mold. The, the fridge smells gross. It's just gosh. Kitchen stuff. Kitchen stuff got on my nerves. Oh, my gosh. I had, the in the last house I lived in, I'm by no means an extremely clean person. <laughs> Let me just start there. But I have my limits, okay? <laughs> In the last house when I lived in St. Cloud, oh my lanta, there was a pan, this damn lasagna pan. 
And if anyone listening remembers this house and lived in this house, there was this lasagna pan that sat in there molding of cheese (laughs) for eight months. Eight full months. That's a lot of months. And I just refused to clean it. I was like, I'm not cleaning this damn pan. And it just sat there. And then it sat there. And people would take it out and be like, ew, this is gross. And then put it back in the fridge. Like this damn lasagna pan. And this is when I knew I said, yeah, I can't live with roommates much longer. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And eventually we just threw the pan out. We didn't even try to clean it. It was awful. Like, and just that having to clean up other people's mess. Cause I try my best to be respectful of other people's space. Like, again, I'm not the cleanest person, but if it has to do with sharing space, I'll do my part to keep it clean. So it drove me crazy when my roommates wouldn't do the same thing because I would just cave and then do it. (laughs) Because I was like, no one else is going to do it. And I sure as hell don't want to, like, start conflict by being like, you're dirty, you know? And so I would just end up doing it. And then that that would cause frustration and resentment. Right. So, yeah, don't don't miss that. Do not miss those college days. So what are some good experiences you had with roommates? Um, I mean, there's plenty of them. I think, I mean, honestly, the first thing that was coming to mind was sometimes the way roommates talk to you, like, help you realize something about yourself that you hadn't seen or, like, before. I had a really distinct conversation with my roommates my last um, semester of college, of undergrad. I lived with three people. I only lived there for, like, four months. Like, it was one semester. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were all really good friends, and I just kind of ended up in that apartment randomly, and I was just kind of there, like, floating for (laughs) a couple months. Um, And there were good and, like, bad things about that living situation, but one of the things that I would do is when I would come into the space, if they were in the space, I would, like, join the conversation Mm -hmm. because that's what happened in my house. Right, yeah. If I was in the kitchen having a conversation and I came home, then I would be part of the conversation. So I'd walk in and be like, oh, what are we talking about? Right. And one time I had one of my roommates get so mad at me. She's like, what are we talking about? Like, we're talking about it. Like, we're not talking – like – this is Whoa. not your conversation. And That's, I like, was, super extreme, though. And I was like, oh, shit, because I didn't even realize that, like, oh, that totally makes sense that you want to have this conversation with this person. But then I had never realized that, like, that people just operate differently. That people yeah. I mean, that had to do with also not realizing I had no boundaries yet at that point. Like, yeah. So, like, in the world I grew up in, we just talked to each other that way. But that was one of the big things that came up. Um having roommates something on a much lighter note um just some of those like random memories you have you know like yep. my uh junior senior year of undergrad I don't know how to whatever um I had a roommate and she and I when we would go out in the evenings the next day when we wake up hungover she'd take her little tiny dog with her in the car and we'd get in her car and we would drive to Little Caesars Cute. and we would pick up cheesy bread yep. and crazy bread and then we would come back to the apartment and like turn all the lights off and binge watch Grey's Anatomy. Love that. Oh, that's, that's, and, I love those memories like, actually. Those are like the best days right. sometimes. It's so precious because like they're, I mean, in every it's living like situation. It's like cozy. That's the best way to explain it. Right. In every living situation I've had, I can say that there are like good and bad things that have come mm-hmm. from it. But some of those, like, very just, like, sweet little anecdotes of, like, this time that me and this one person or this group of us did this thing, like, mm-hmm. it just is a sweet memory. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like, I had a lot, like, my roommates, I'm a social person. I need my own time to recoup and, re- like, generate and get my energy again. But I love to, like, go out and talk and hang out with my friends and laugh and like do all that stuff so that's what I loved about having roommates especially in college I seriously got really lucky with all my roommates like they've they were all so fun and like we would have similar interests and like we'd all go out to the bars together like 
Those, oh, like, I get sad thinking about it because it was so fun in the time. Right, very particular, it was, like, memories of... Yeah. That that kind of, you know, they fade. Exactly. They, they don't fade in your memory, but, like, you move forward. Yeah. Them. Like, I think back to grad school and, like, oh, remember when we used to do this stuff in grad school? Mm-hmm. Like, kind of a pseudo roommate, not exactly roommate, is, like, when we would stay in our offices on campus until, like, midnight working on projects and papers and stuff. Yep. Because um, that was, like, the same roommate-esque feel. Like, oh, let's call DoorDash mm-hmm. and order, like... My friend Kayla and I did this once and we accidentally ordered $50 worth of breakfast food <laughs> because I like put the order in twice and processed and we tried to like cancel it. I think it I remember wouldn't. that snap Oh actually. my God. Yeah. Was, we got all of this food. It was like 10 o'clock. We're sitting on our office at like on campus. Oh my goodness. But those things like you miss them because they mm-hmm. make you feel so nostalgic, but like yeah. they're done, right? Like neither of us are in that program. That program has completely different people. Like COVID has so happened weird. since then. Like yeah. the part of these memories that we hold on to, like it's happy to have them and like reasons to remember them but it's good that we move forward from them yep and that just like makes me think about um like how much i am like reminiscing so much of college it feels like it's actually closer than it actually is i feel like i've been actually so removed from college now and i still feel like i'm kind of in the mindset of being like right post college and i don't know it's just weird i feel like just lately i've been going through this whole like ego death i was i was kind of telling devin do you remember devin spencer from high school yeah. i re- just recorded with him yesterday oh, wow. yeah it was it's a really good episode and we're starting like a book club series it's about we're talking the first one we're talking about is the power of now um and that's a good book it actually ties into what i'm saying right now but um i've been feeling like i've been going through this ego death lately where i'm like i'm seeing myself in a way that i didn't before yeah. and i'm like I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm still processing it. It's just like, wow, I thought I was different. Like, I thought I was perceived different. Now I feel like everyone else perceives me different than I thought they did. And, like, right. everything, like, is – I'm going down this, like, tunnel. But anyways, the book we're talking about really, like, helps me ground myself and, like, separate me from my thoughts yeah. um, and me from my mind. And it's a weird concept, but I'm I'm diving into it. And anyways, yeah, I don't know what tangent I was off on, but <laughs> – what were we even talking about? Oh, we were just talking we're about moving past the memories. Moving past the past, the yeah. Of having roommates are good, but yeah. we also are moving forward to mm-hmm. where we are now, right? Living on our own. Yeah, so how did that, how did the decision to move into your own place come to be for you? For me, um, I had been living with my partner for a while, and mm-hmm. we had started getting a little bit of extra pressure on ourselves, and it yeah. kind of just like made things more tense and more stressful and we realized we each needed a little bit more space than we were giving Mm -hmm. each other um so that led to me deciding like okay me being somewhere else is probably going to be better for us to maintain a healthy sustainable relationship so um that led to me finding this apartment which was a whole ass deal because (laughs) it first involved me leaving there and I didn't go straight from there to here I went back to my parents house for like two weeks um which like love my parents but we don't live well together so it just Mm -hmm. they're not included in my roommate list yeah Um, (laughs) it was like to and they live far away right like everything I do not far away but like I do things in the twin cities yeah and they live about 25 30 minutes outside of the city and so I was driving like I would drive into work in St. Paul from Maple Grove which is like a 30 35 minute drive right drive back 
and then I would come back to Minneapolis in the evening for something related to dance or to pole or something, which is another 20 to 25 minutes, and then back. And I was doing that every day for, like, those two weeks. Oh my I was like, this sucks. I went through so much gas. Gas is expensive now. Heck yeah! Um, <laughs> so Ooh, heck I yeah! Like, I need a space. So I finally found – I, I toured 20 apartments. That's 20? 20. I would come into the cheese and I would like stack them back to back for like multiple different days during How can you even weeks. keep them straight? And oh I my gosh. A little note. Got a little note with like the things, the notes and like you know, then I'd I'd get it down to two and then I'd have this whole deep talk with Kayla about which one I should get and then I would like make a decision and like one that I was originally gonna get, I really shouldn't have passed on it and then like I decided I was gonna do it, but I wanna be respectful so I didn't tell him till six AM the next day and, and then he messaged gone. me back and he's like, I went with the other applicant. Uh, I'm like, Ugh. So I hate that. this one I got so fast because I went to a different house that I was set on getting. Mm-hmm. And I came to see this one after just in case. I had set it up like a couple days ago. It's earlier. always the just in case. And I came here and it was a little bit more expensive than like it was the high. It's at the top of the price range that I was looking in. But everything is included except for internet and electricity. That's good. So I was like, okay, some of the other places didn't have those things included. So that like balances out the price. Yeah. And this is exactly the location I wanted to be in. And the landlord was so kind. And like I was That's walking important. through this apartment and I was seeing how it's laid out now. So like I was walking through there. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I could have my office here. Oh, I could put my my pole here oh I could put my team oh yeah here. it all clicked and it was just like man I gotta do this so I filled out the application in the apartment my landlord is so kind but he is an 81 year old man so he has a paper application and a landline <laughs> oh. so the next day I called him at like 10 a.m being like by the way I for sure really want this apartment and he's like oh I'm like 99% sure it'll be approved I'll give you a call when it is and I was like is that gonna be like in, within the next couple of days. Right, give me like, a timeline. It should be like later today. And I'm like, okay, cool. And he calls me at like three o'clock. He's like, hey, it was approved. I'm like, can I come sign right now? And he was like, <laughs> Jenny was ready. Sure. <laughs> so I came here, I signed, I got the keys that day and then was like, okay, I'm moving. And like, that was a Friday and I moved that next day. Damn. I moved on Saturday. I hate moving. <laughs> I hate moving so much just everything about it having to pack up because every time I move I realize how much shit I have right and I'm like oh my gosh every time and I tried to shed it each time and it still keeps building back up but I need to give a huge shout out to the people who helped me move to Uriel, yes. Nick, and Monse because y'all are godsends they, anyone who nominates oh my goodness, the day was so wonderful like Nick told me he would help me move my friend Monse she is the sweetest person she worked from 4 a.m to 10 a.m and then came to help me after she finished work. Damn, that's loyal. You guys, anyone, (laughs) please, if I say I'm going to help you move, I'm just doing it to be kind. Please don't actually (laughs) call on me. I hate moving. I'm just kidding. I'll really help you, but I really don't want to work. But truly the real gem of that is Uriel, because I had planned originally to go get dinner with him that night. Mm -hmm. And so I went to get dinner with him. I was a little late. I'm like, sorry I'm late because I just signed a lease. Like, I'm moving tomorrow. And he's like, do you need help moving? I have a truck. And I'm like, oh, oh my god! So nice. Rent a U-Haul, and he's like, yeah, I can absolutely help you. Oh my god! He was like, the four of us drove around Minneapolis looking for apartment, like looking for furniture, so we could take it in the truck. That that was the day he was there to help. That's how I got this couch here. So, shout out to my moving team. Shout out! Like, really, you're the real MVP (laughs) because I hate that stuff. Hate it. What about you? How did you get into your space of living by yourself? Yeah, um, so I was really lucky to move to Chicago with my friends and, like, have really fun memories um, when I first got to Chicago, and I think I wouldn't have changed anything about that because I, like, the the process that I went through after I moved here, like, I'm glad I had roommates there for me, 
Um, yeah, because those were hard times. <laughs> and then, but that was really fun, though, because we would go out, um, we would have fun, we'd explore Chicago, but, like, we were just felt like we had been getting to the point where he had, we'd lived together for so long. Like, we had lived together for seven years, so, like, we lived through That's college together. Yeah, without skipping any beats, you know, like, on summers, sometimes people would go yeah. home, but, like, to live with the same people for seven years is, like... It's a really, like, I feel very blessed to have that bond with people. Um, but it's also hard because, like, you start to get that, like, bond like your siblings almost in right. a way. Like, and so, like, you do start to show your true self. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. when you're just with friends, like, you can kind of filter yourself a little bit so you're not con- causing conflict. But, like, <laughs> no, with your siblings, you... You're your full self. I, I hope that makes sense. But, um, but yeah, so it just was like, yeah, it's time that we go out and do our own thing. Um, like, KK was having a baby. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, my other friend was, her boyfriend was moving to town. So they were naturally moving in together. And I, it was just me and Zoo out on the streets <laughs> of Chicago. Um, but before then, like, I did feel the need that I wanted to live alone. Like, my mama was told me about like how she never had that opportunity to ever live alone because she's had me since she was 16. And like, she's like, she always says like in the early days, it felt like she was still living alone, but like, it's not really, you know? And so like, I have a, I'm in a position where I can do that and I can like have these experiences. And I like, am very blessed to be in the apartment that I'm in. Like, in my mind, it's a luxurious, like, a luxury building. It has yeah. a coffee shop in the lobby, a bar in the lobby. Like, I feel so proud of myself, too, like, yeah. for getting to this point because it's expensive to live alone. Yeah, hell yeah, it is. It's, it's so much cheaper to have a roommate, but, right. like, I feel really proud of myself that I'm doing it alone, everything, and there's me, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And I just, like, feel I feel really independent and proud of myself. Um, And it's cool to have something of your own. And, like, before even living alone, I was like, I don't think I ever want a house. Like, I don't want to deal with that drama and, like, having to (laughs) fix things. and Like, I'd rather just call the maintenance guy. Um, But, like, now I feel like having my own place, the next step, I want to, like, own a condo. At the Like, the next step for me would be to do that. So I think that's what I'm going to be looking to do once this lease is up or at least start getting myself in the position to buy. Right. Well, and one of the things that you just mentioned that I think is really, like – I mean, it might not resonate with everybody, Mm -hmm. with all people, but, like, creating the space exactly the way that you want it. Yeah. And, like, in your schedule and your time and, like, how you are doing what you want to be doing. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, yeah, you still have any other extracurricular things that you're involved in. Like, you have coaching or your work or whatever else, but... Like, you are the one who's picking what plates and dishes are going in your cabinets. Right. You're the one who's deciding, like, when the dishes get washed. Right. You're the one who's deciding, like... Oh, do do all of these pictures match mm-hmm. like the aesthetic that I want to hang on the wall? Everything, like, yeah. Me, I'm I've always been a super aesthetically driven person, mm-hmm. and like that stuff has always gotten like really deep for me, and so it always drove me crazy because with multiple roommates, you have to kind of have this collective group aesthetic of what things mm-hmm. are going to look like, and things always inevitably don't match. Like someone brings in that bright line green <laughs> blanket that doesn't KK. match. <laughs> Like, that's right, who it's they just are, and that's everyone they are, has their like, own vibe. You yeah. are, it's never fully yours, mm-hmm. other than maybe your own room, if you have that. And so, in this space, and like getting to put together this space, I had a lot of like stress about it because, oh, I, really? Like, stress in a good way because yeah. I wanted it to 
perfectly fit what I wanted. Yeah, because it was the first time you could do that. I can do all of this exactly how I want it. So, like, this thing that's hanging over here on the wall, Mm -hmm. to those of you who can't see what I'm motioning at, (laughs) is this, like, metal abstract, like... Wall art. Wall art thing that I've always hung in my bathroom. Um, Like, I got it my sophomore year of college for when I was the first year at St. Cloud. Um, And I put that in the bathroom with the whole identity crisis thing to to pull it all together. Um, Whoops. It's okay. It's carrying through with me all the way to here. And originally I hung it up in the bathroom because I'm like, that's where it goes. And then I had this like giant space on this wall that was empty. And so it's just been really cool getting to pick where everything goes. What was hanging like up here over in this corner? Like I rotated it out like five times because I was like, that thing was over there. Wait, did you paint that? Nah, I got that when I was in Greece. Oh my God. I want to go back to Greece so bad. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I think cool. like something you had touched on is just getting to make this space your mm-hmm. own and like for me getting to set up the bedroom exactly how I want it. I don't have to accommodate other people's like colors that clash with my scheme. Right. And then like for me, especially getting to put my pole up has been like a really big deal because I got the pole originally in during COVID when everything shut down, I put it up in my parents' house for like a hot second. Um, and then it cracked the wall, cracked the ceiling. So we had to take it down. Yep. That's um, right. That's and such so a bummer. <laughs> when I was looking for apartments, that was one of the main things I was looking for was like, can I put my pole back up? And so it's been so cool having it up and having the mirrors over here and having all this open space. I know. Something for myself that I never realized was constricting me so much growing up is like, if ever I wanted to do stuff like arts and crafts or like dance or just any of this like artistic expression I have. I had to move things. I would have to move a table to practice cheer and then move the table back. Or if I wanted to do art, I'd have to set up the little art tray, do the art, and then put the art away. Mm. And so here in this apartment, I have so much space on this side that, like, I can just spread out. Yeah. I can just lay down and, yeah. like, not worry like, about anybody. I spin. Mm-hmm. I don't have to move a table. Yep. I can, it's set up perfectly so I can take up as much space as I want. And especially being a woman, I feel like we're constantly taught not to take up space. Ooh-wee! So, so it's just Y'all heard her. being in this, uh, like having this space to like actually take up and just have it be fully mine. So that's been part of my experience in feeling that. I, I love that. I had that same feeling. I, what I love about um, having my own place, to be honest, like it's really, I can, it's just not having to worry about anybody else. Like, right. if I want to do my dishes, I'm going to do my dishes. If I don't want to do my dishes, they're going to sit in that sink. And right. when it starts to stink, I'm going to do my dishes. But, like, <laughs> it's on my call now, and right. I love that. Um, and I can do everything I want. Like, I don't have to worry about any, like, my food going missing. I didn't really care if people ate my food. Like, but, like, I don't have to worry about right. that. I don't, like, I don't have to worry about sharing or splitting anything paying anybody this that the other like it's all on me and it's just like this freedom and the other thing that I love about it is how much peace I get from living alone like not having to talk to anybody when I wake up is so nice (laughs) like and it's not that I don't like people like but I just don't have to worry about anybody and I don't have to worry about how anybody perceives me in that moment when I just wake up I can just exist and not worry about oh did I say good morning did I did I look mean or like I because I was always worried yeah I don't just I just don't have to worry about anything anymore and that freedom of not worrying is like peace to me and that is what I love so much more space and capacity to do what it wants to naturally gravitate and do literally yep not taking any of your energy to like focus on a, like somebody else's thing mm-hmm. so, something for me that was like 
I mean, this isn't so much a problem with roommates, but, like, my family is super into sports. Yeah. And so football is always on. Yeah. On Sundays for, like, half the year. Probably <laughs> not half the year. It's just, like, eight weeks, right? But whatever. Is it only that long? I don't know how long. Seems so long. long. Football starts in October, goes to February. Is it only October? I feel I like it's so, month. like, the I, entire year. Like for, yeah. yeah. That's, it feels like forever. And so every Sunday growing up, this was in, like, that energy was in my space. Mm-hmm. I just had football on in the background. Yeah. Be on, on every TV and, like. <laughs> oh, both levels and stuff? Yeah. Oh, so geez. I was just, it was part, like, I didn't watch it. I would, like, sit at the kitchen table and, like, draw pictures and shit. Mm-hmm. But so here, I mean, living with roommates, I didn't really have to deal with that. But especially here, I don't ever have to turn on sports. Like, there's never sports on my TV. Um, I'll probably like watch baseball here now because I like baseball in the summer but like there's never been a football game yeah. on my TV here <laughs> because I don't need to bring it in here and mm-hmm. like I can turn the TV off the TV mm. is on all the time in my parents house yeah I can just turn it off I've been reading I like don't I'm not a person who reads and now you and are now I've just been like since I've lived here and I have all this extra time so much I'm on my pole all the time which is something I love mm-hmm. I've been doing arts and crafts like something artsy will come up and like the thing in the bathroom, like these roses that I like took from Valentine's Day and like spattered them and did stuff. Like I did it just to be creative. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sitting here on my couch like with a with a TV on like a wall screen and like reading books about astrology because I'm like just so really cool. love it. And yeah. I'm just like I'm doing things that my soul has always liked, but I've I've never felt so empowered to be able to do those things. Yeah. I love that. Yay! For living alone. But at first it wasn't easy for you. Like, didn't you say it was hard? Because, like... There still are pieces that are hard for it. Because I I am a social person. So, like, I was really nervous living by myself of, like, I like to be in the apartment and, like, someone comes home in the evening. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, hey, how was your day? And I like to hear about how their day was. Yeah. And, like, in the morning I love waking up with people because I'm like, oh, I'll make breakfast. And I'm the annoying person who likes to talk in the morning. So it's, like, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I listen to your podcast in the morning. So ah, I like, have somebody to talk loyal. to. I'm not talking to you. But <laughs> I listen to you in the morning and I, like, think talk back of, like, oh, that's what I'll talk to her. I love that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the it, it hasn't always been easy and it isn't always easy because there is – I I like being social and I like being around Mm -hmm. people, but also now I can cultivate my time that way, right? Like, that's why I'm so involved in so many things because if I'm like, I want to see people, oh, like, I can just go to this, oops, (laughs) I can can just go to this restaurant and people will be there dancing tonight. Or if I want to see people, I could go take a class at my pole studio or I could go take a pound class. Like, of the things that I do, there's always at least something happening every day of the week that I can find that social connection if I need to go out and seek it. Or I can, like, call friends and I can, like, meander around the apartment and I don't have to be, like, secretly in my room making sure that I'm not the father of That, too. Oh, my gosh, that part. That's so nice. Right. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Like, I just FaceTime people. I, I like, personally, my own space. Now, I don't, I don't foresee myself ever getting a roommate ever again until I'm married and, or, well, not married, but, like, have a boyfriend, like, that I want to live with. Right. Do you remember um, your first FaceTime call? I'm asking because it was with me. <laughs> it's not on topic at all. Wait, what do you mean? Of the my house? Ti- the first time you ever used FaceTime. The first FaceTime Was function, with you? Was with me. Shut up. I, how do you remember because that? My, because my memory is ridiculous like this. Gee, it was what? my freshman year of college. You were a senior in high school. And I, like, wanted to talk to you about something, but I needed to show you. I think it was during one of my hair dyeing fiascos where I'd, like, dyed it the wrong color and then dyed it the wrong – or something. Or I wanted to show you a cheer or a dance or something. And I was like, let's FaceTime. And you were like, 
I don't know how to do that. And I was like, Oh just, my God, don't so put me on blast. We had our first, it's okay, you guys. It was 2013. It was like almost 10 years ago. Um, oh my God, don't put me on blast. <laughs> but, um, and I was like, no, let's FaceTime. And we FaceTimed. And during this call, you're like, oh my God, I've never done this before. Like, this is so cool. That's wild. <laughs> I do not remember that. That's oh, so man. crazy. Like, to even think that there was a life without some of the fun, like stuff we have, right, like it's so. Oh my gosh! Every these day, these lights are on these like automatic, um, like they're controlled by my phone. What? My, like technology, which guys. My boyfriend had got me because he's because I like plug them in and out of the outlets. He's like, oh, I'll just get you these. You can hook them to your phone. And originally, I was like, oh, I don't oh my really gosh! Want to. But yeah, now I just like have an app on my phone. I pull it open and I can like flip these lights on all throughout Damn. the house. And I want a nice boyfriend to do cool things around my house, please. <laughs> The last time you were on the podcast, we were talking about how we wanted to talk about therapy. And at that point, we were talking. I hadn't started therapy yet, but I have. I told y'all, y'all thought I was out here playing around, just acting like I was going to get therapy, but I did. I did. We're so happy to hear it. Yes. Yes. And it's going, it was going pretty well, but I'm, I want to discuss it and like, really break it down with you today so I'll save the details for a little bit but where did your therapy journey start my therapy journey started right after I graduated undergrad um so it would have been January of 2017 is when I started going to therapy um and the original reason I went to therapy was because I was like okay I finished college um like I feel like I know who I am I feel like I'm a good version of myself and like I really want to find a romantic partner but because I had been in this shitty ass relationship ish situation ship, whatever the fuck you want to call it for mm-hmm. nine years, um, I had no idea how to even start because mm-hmm. I knew that I had so many like internalized trauma responses from ways that he would teach and or teach manipulate me um, that I was like, I don't even know how to start. So I went to therapy with the intention of like, I want to learn how to look for a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> took years before we even got to that because <laughs> in starting with my therapist I realized all these different things that like I had never worked on for myself that I needed to address first and I just had blinders I had no idea I didn't even realize any of these things and I'm lucky because the first actually I'm missing a step the first time I ever went to therapy was in when I was a teenager when I was in junior high okay yeah um, that I thought you said that yeah okay. yeah I forgot that piece <laughs> Um, that was a whole, that was really, you blacked that out (laughs) because when I was in junior high, I was suicidal. And so I started going to see a therapist. It was just whatever therapist, like we found, I don't even remember how they found her and I went and it felt good to like vent to her, Mm -hmm. but then I don't feel like I was like getting anything from it. Right. Like this isn't doing anything. You're just dumping your problems out. Yeah. So, and maybe she was trying to do something, but like I, it wasn't getting through to me or maybe it was, but I didn't realize it. And so I stopped going to therapy and I was like, I hate therapists. I don't want to go see therapists. Therapists suck. And, like, I truly had that internalization for a long-ass time. Yeah. Until I did get to this point after undergrad where I was like, shit. Like, also, I had a degree in psychology at that point, so I learned more about how therapy actually is. Did you ever utilize the therapy on campus? Yeah, I tried a couple of times. Um, My experience in most from any university is that they're not super great for a long-term solution. Yeah, they're, like, quick, like, vent sessions, basically. Right, and you can, like, sometimes they can help give you a tool, like, Mm -hmm. for example, like, the mindfulness 54321 thing, and then you're like, oh, maybe that's a tool I can carry with me. But, um, yeah, for people who are dealing with long-term mental health issues, like, for me being a teenager who had wanted to kill herself, like, a school counselor wasn't going to help me with that, right? Right. In, In... 
in college, like a lot of times they say, oh, you can come like in my grad school university. They're like, oh, you can have six sessions. Yep. And like, that's the limit. And then if you, if you need somebody beyond six sessions, we'll help you try and find somebody in the community. But like, but that's like in in itself right there, that's like a lot of pressure. Like, oh, so now I have to get my shit together in six sessions. That's, and you it takes a while to open up to that's just they mean well they have to probably put a cap on it for right. logistics reasons right. but exactly it that sucks <laughs> right well and it's part of like what's happening right now in minnesota with a teacher's strike of part of what they're yeah i just saw them when i is, drove by yeah they're over here all the time um the part of their demands is they want more mental health access to our students because students who are in school right now God knows, I don't know how I would have made it through this. A pandemic. That's what now I'm the saying. Now teachers are on strike, so which is good because they deserve more treat, like more options to things. But now our students again, who have been in virtual learning in and out, are now being for two and three years are affected now like, again. They're not. They're just out of school right now. Yep. Like my partner's daughter is just at home, like doing stuff during the day, and he has to now work from home and watch her iPod or iPads up like with school. Like they, she's not doing school. Oh no, schoolwork. She's just like at they're home. legit it's just like she's home. On a break, not, not doing Jeez Louise, these and kids so, are real like yeah. at such a disadvantage. Right. And it's I'm not saying anything against the strike. I support that right. too, but it's just like these kids. Right. The implication of just everything on just such more like a, it's a higher it's a systemic problem. And yeah. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah. Um, to the whole point of therapy, um, man, how did we get all that far off of there? Mental health in school. Oh yeah, mental health in school. Mm-hmm. And so like finding a therapist after college, um, was then what I was originally going to say is I was lucky is because the person who I did find originally was a good match for me. Yeah, you did really And this really is something that highly. happens, this is something that happens to people a lot is they're like finally like, okay, fine, I'll try therapy. After a lot of, like, hesitance, a lot of stigma, and they go, and they're like, it doesn't work because I don't like this person. And it sucks because when you're looking for a therapist, you have to find somebody who takes your insurance, if you have insurance. Um, And then you have to take somebody who's currently accepting new clients, Mm -hmm. which is not everybody. And then after that, you have to hope that they're a good fit for you. And so finding all three of those things can be hard. And, like, so I'm lucky in that the first person I found fit that for me. I stopped seeing her for a while, and then when I was in grad school, I tried to find a new therapist in person. This was before we did much virtual stuff, because, you know, pandemic hasn't started yet. And I tried, like, two or three different therapists out in Washington in person, and I would go to them for, like, two or three sessions, and I was like, we're just not clicking. And it was really disheartening. Yeah. And for me, I knew, you know, I was getting a graduate degree in psychology at this point, so I was truly rooted in, like, I know this is a good thing. Yeah. But for people who don't have that strong of a belief, like... What brings Why you would you go back? Oh, the first yeah. one didn't work. The second one didn't work. It must be me. Exactly. And you don't even have the knowledge to know that you have to keep trying. Right. Yeah. I, I'm happy with my therapist. I'm kind of scared he's listening. I don't know why. Because <laughs> I told him that I have a podcast, so hey. He probably is not. Okay, I hope not. That's weird. I feel like I would. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's why I'm not a therapist. <laughs> I would, I, yeah, boundaries. Anyways, um, yeah, he's cool, but, like, I feel like I want to talk more about, like, certain things I would rather talk to a woman about. And, like, that's kind of a thing I want to point out. Like, it, I don't, I'm also, like, a person, I don't think it matters, the gender, person, age. So I just think sometimes I feel more comfortable talking to, like, a woman about my body image issues just because I feel like a lot of it, of my body image issues are rooted from, like, 
what society thinks and what, like the male perspective of right. my body, you know? Um, so I just feel kind of weird well, talking totally to him. That's a totally fair thing. Like finding people who have shared experiences can help you, like can help them relate to you, create that empathy. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, anybody can relate to anybody, like mm-hmm. no matter any of their personal characteristics. But like I've only ever seen women who are um, therapists. I've never, that's not true. I did see a guy counselor when I was at, St. Cloud for like a hot second right after when I was trying to work through some relationship stuff mm-hmm. just to see how the perspective would feel from getting advice from a, yeah. like a man but um, yeah I totally hear where you're coming from like who your therapist is like they ha- there's the way that they're grounded like the psychological tools they use but then there's also who they are as a person and how that impacts you how did you know like when you were going through the process of finding a therapist how did you know if it was a good fit for you or not yeah, that's a really abstract question. Um, the first therapist that I had, I think it was like, you know, the first couple sessions, you just kind of start talking and it takes, it takes at least three typically to get a gauge in my experience and what it shows in the literature, like counseling, psychology, like literature research shows. If you don't connect within the first, like, three sessions, typically, like, it's going to be hard to. Yeah. Okay. That and makes so sense. so the first session, you know, is always kind of weird because you're like, Who's this here's person? everything. Yeah. And I know. I overshare, so it's not weird for me. Like, I di- dive into all of it, but then there's just all of these tiny little bits and nuggets of, like, oh, yeah, this guy who has treated me like shit for nine years, and then, like, oh, yeah, I just moved, and oh, yeah, <laughs> like, like she's like okay okay (laughs) and you don't have any space like you only have an hour so you're you're trying to get all the important information so she has it but that's um, where it was tough for me for therapy because I don't like I feel like I need to give context to everything to justify how I'm feeling and I don't know how much is too much and like I don't know where to start and then I get flustered and I jump around like yeah so well, and I think this is a common myth that people have about therapy that I really dislike is that people are like, I don't want to go to th- therapy because I don't want to relive it all. I don't want to have mm. to go back through everything that I already went through. Yeah. And this is a really common thing and I totally hear it. And I want to say that you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to therapy, there are different approaches that therapists use. And yeah. Some therapists use that approach of like, let's go back to your childhood and like, let's break stuff down. But quite honestly, a lot of therapists now use a blended approach and they start with like, how are you doing today? Mm -hmm. And you tell them what's going on today. And then by going through that, you might end up talking about things from the past, but you're only bringing them up as they relate to the present. So it's not going to, like, you don't have to take all the context that you don't want to. You don't have to go through it all. And that's something that I wish people really understood better because I hear this all the time. People are like, they won't understand it the way, like, because I lived it and like, it's fine. They don't have to understand it. Mm-hmm. Their job is to listen to you mm-hmm. and help reflect back what you're saying yep. to see if you hear it the same way, to see if you can use it differently, to see if you can use the, like, to see if there's tools or patterns that you didn't realize that are emerging that you can connect dots across different parts of your life or different behaviors or whatever the fuck you're there for. Mm-hmm. And like, then use that information and they're getting paid to do it. That's their job. So they're skilled at it. And you're not, like, sucking the emotional capacity out of somebody who otherwise cares about you. Yeah. There's a difference between venting to your friend about something emotional or, like, using someone in your life to do the things that a therapist should be doing. Right. And I don't – I think we talked about it in the other episode briefly. Like, a therapy is there to help you process it. The therapist is there to give you the tools 
to like Jenny said to see it in a different perspective and read it back to you help you connect the dots it, they're helping they should never be telling you like what to do with your life right like that should never happen. I don't think it happens often, but like if that's your perception too, that's not what's happening in therapy. It's right. you getting the tools. It's like it's it's internal work, which is really it's hard, but it's really freeing too because you feel like it's you like leveling up. Right. Like you can feel yourself processing things and seeing things differently after, and that's why I'm really happy to be back in it because I don't necessarily have anything that I'm working through right now. Like there's not this bad thing that happened to me. You also don't need that too. Also, right. That's another thing I want to point out. Like you don't have to have this super traumatic event happen to you or be currently going on to go and talk to somebody. Like it's just there for any everyday thing that people experience in life. Right. Um, and something you said just now that I wanted to, to highlight too is like, putting in the work or Mm -hmm. like I'm working on myself and what that phrase means because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really abstract and a lot of people don't really know what that means. Yeah. And so to put it into more like concrete terms, like doing the work or working on yourself is when you hear like things when either your therapist says it back to you or like you say it and you're like, oh, like you take either new thoughts, new ideas, new connections, new patterns, and you connect them to how they're influencing your life. And you make those conscious. Mm-hmm. And then when those are conscious, then you can make those changes. Yeah. And you can change. It's not saying you have to change literally everything about yourself. But like an example I can give of this is like when we talk about trying to break down different isms, right? Like sexism, racism, whatever. The one I'll take down right now is heteronormativity, right? When we're like focusing on heterosexual relationships or even like the gender binary of men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, a way to like put in work for that is by saying, oh, I realize that anytime I'm using him or herself in a sentence, I'm erasing a group of people or anytime that I'm talking about men and women, or anytime I say ladies and gentlemen, Mm -hmm. I am again erasing a group of people. I realize this. So I'm going to make an intentional change that when I address a group of people, I'm going to say folks or y'all, or my go-to is gamers. Um, I think that's a lot of fun but it shifts how then moving forward I just keep that a little bit more present and now when I read things and I see like books that say him or herself I'm like ah I know and I see it differently because what I did was I identified something and then like connected it to where it presents in my life and I'm like oh here's a way that I can be more intentional about how I use language and now it's become a habit where I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. And so in therapy, when people say they're putting in the work, it's not just like, oh, I'm thinking about stuff. I mean, that's part of it. But it's the thinking about stuff, connecting it to how it's impacting you, and then choosing to do things about it. Yep. That's what people mean when they say putting in work. And I just, I think that's a really abstract concept for a lot of people because they don't really know, like, they're like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell you something I do. A really real example for me is the other day, I posted something on Instagram. I'm back on Instagram, y'all. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I shared it as a collaborator, which is a new feature since four years ago I learned this. A collaborator? Yeah, so if you post as a collaborator with somebody, it shows up on both of their feeds. It says, like, you oh. posted it. So oh. you don't have to argue over, like, who posts it. And it also goes out to your both of your feeds. Okay. So my partner and I had posted something as a collab, like a video of us dancing. I didn't even know you could do that. And I learned it from one of the women on my dance team. Shout out, Claire. Wow, um, so, out of, so out of the loop. I posted this, and then I was back on Instagram, like, a couple days later looking at it, and his tag was removed. He was no longer a collaborator. 
Mm-hmm. And I lost my shit, right? Because this was the prime thing that the guy who I used to be involved with would do to me when I was doing things he didn't like is he would block me on social media. That's so manipulative. He would block me on social media and wait for me to like text him and beg like, oh, Ew. I'm so sorry for doing this or saying this until I found the right behavior. And then he would try and like re-add me back if I like apologized enough for it, right? What so I got fuck? really sensitive to how social media, specifically my romantic partner in social media. And so when I saw he removed his tag... I spiraled. I like immediately just like my heart just started it took pumping. you back. Yeah. I freaked out and then I paused and I said like I verbally said out loud I'm like okay breathe and then I like put my hands on my heart because this is something one of my first therapists taught me of like when you're feeling stressed put your hands here it helps your like nervous system like slow down. down okay and I said okay this is not an emergency you are okay like no one's dying no one's burning you are okay mm-hmm. like she said this to myself over and over and then was like okay, this is obviously something important you want to talk to him about, but he's also at work right now. So, um, like, I talked it all out first. I recorded mm-hmm. a little voice memo for, like, five minutes of just talking everything out. Like, you're reacting this way because of what you went through. And you're having a really extreme, this is a trauma response because you went through this manipulation and it makes you really sensitive to this topic. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You're reacting this way because of that. And so then I sent him a text to say, hey, Um, like hope you're having a good day at work I'd love to talk to you about something when you have a second um, ideally before we go out dancing tonight and so then like two minutes later but I told him like when you have a chance and so then he called he like FaceTimed me two two minutes later and he's like hey how's it going and I was like crying at this point I was like yeah not super great Um, and he's like why like what's going on and so I I talked through it and I was like I just want to like remind you because him and I talked about this before but I was like I'm reacting this way because I'm really sensitive about this Mm -hmm. issue and I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I'm not blaming you for anything and I'm not even saying like anything is right or wrong. I'm just telling you like I feel this way because of what I've lived through. So and then I brought up like the removed collaborator tag which going through this he didn't even remove the tag like it was a weird Instagram thing. Oh my um, god! So he's like, I didn't remove that tag. Okay. Which also immediately made me freak out because I'm like, oh, am I being gaslit? Like that was my immediate reaction oh. because I was like, but it's gone. Like yeah. somebody removed it. And so then I again had to like calm myself down. And so then and like he's asking like, is there anything I can do that helps like make you not feel this way? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well. And I just like talked through how I feel about social media and like why it's so powerful for the way that I've lived. And so. um the whole point being, that's like a very particular anecdote, but the reason I wanted to point it out is because five, four years ago, if I would have been in a romantic relationship with somebody, I just would have spiraled. I just would have lost it. Like when he went to FaceTime me just then, like it still went through my head, like he's about to break up with me. Like that still went yeah. through my head like six years later. And except for the fact that I've gone through so much therapy and identified that these are things that I do and patterns and behaviors that I have, I was able to identify, hey, First of all, I'm reacting this way and I know why. Mm-hmm. And second of all, what can I do right now to keep myself calm? I sat down on the floor because I know being close to the ground helps me in those situations. I drank a lot of water. I like listen. I talked it out because I know verbally talking things out helps me. And these are coping strategies that I did not have before I got into therapy where moving through the situation now became a pretty minimal impact. Like I still had these really intense emotions, but like the fact that I was able to identify how my patterns and my behaviors were related to those things and then that I was able to use coping strategies to work through them made it so much easier shout out to therapy y'all that's just something I wanted to wanted to point out because I think that that gets lost a lot of like 
what does therapy actually do? And like, that was a point where I was able to point out like, that's what therapy actually did. Mm -hmm. Made it so that moment didn't just like disbar my entire relationship. Gave you the tools. Right. Yep. I love that, that you could recognize that too. Like recognizing yourself grow is the best feeling. Like you're like, wow, you're right. I would have reacted differently before. And like now I'm actually taking a second stopping and not letting it ruin my day and it's not letting it you know change my mood like I'm just taking it as is holding it lightly and like moving forward so and then it spills into everything right it spills Mm -hmm. into my relationships where I was able to present my partner with like hey I'm gonna be clear and communicative about what's happening rather than like call him screaming like what's going on and like you know I mean maybe he would have reacted to that fine Mm -hmm. too I'm not him but like I'm creating more space to maintain healthy relationships, which is something that a lot of people struggle to do when they haven't worked on their own stuff yet. Yep. And it's not the, like, you can't be loved until you love yourself. Like, I don't like that whole thing. Everyone is worthy of love. But it becomes easier to exist in healthy, positive relationships with people when you have a healthy, positive relationship with yourself. I, that is, I like that, how you put that a lot better. That's... That was good. And the last thing I kind of want to talk about in terms of therapy is I know a lot of boundaries that I hear people bring up is that it's expensive and it Mm -hmm. definitely can be very expensive, but it doesn't have to be. And that's the great thing I feel like with what social media has made like accessible to a lot of people there, it's bringing attention to therapy, which has caused it to become more accessible, like things like better help. They do really affordable therapy. The thing with that is, like, I don't know exactly how it works. Like, if you were to do it on your own, my my company pays for, like, six sessions for me. So that's what I'm using, which is nice. But, like, I don't know if you use the same therapist forever with BetterHelp. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. But, um, but you can use it for a set amount of time and that at least will get you like a starter kit version of therapy but and see if it's something that like you want to pursue so I think it'd be a good starting point if anyone is wanting to try it yeah and on that line too of like increasing accessibility to getting mental health help like if you're a person who like you have any suspicions that maybe there's a mental health diagnosis that you're wondering about Mm. there's a lot of diagnosis portals that now exist virtually online Um, So, like, I have someone close to me in my life who recently went through getting diagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, And they were able to do that entirely online. See, that's amazing. It was, like, a diagnosis portal that was linking them to a real licensed person who, like, administered this test, but it happened virtually. And they were able to get connected. They were able to get on meds. And now their meds are transforming their life because they've been struggling with ADHD and they didn't know it until they were able to go through this. And, like... You know, yes, going in person is great and getting the full, like, the full test, the full everything is great if you have access to it. But, like, just pointing that out as, like, a resource, like, if you're a person who maybe you're like, oh, maybe do I have ADHD or, like, maybe do I have depression or, like, I've always kind of thought I'm bipolar but I'm not really sure. Right. I'm not saying you are. I can't diagnose you. I don't have that kind of license. But what I can tell you is that there's a lot of things that exist online now. Make sure they're accredited. Like, read reviews before you, like, read them out. But, like... They exist and they help people. So mm-hmm. like, shout out to the people who are doing the work to make that stuff more equitable and more accessible. Because yeah, truly- so important. It is so important. And I think it's getting better. I really do. Like, 
I think the stigma of it too, like people thinking it's a bad thing or like something taboo you have to hide is going away. Like yeah. people joke about it all the time. Oh, my going to therapy. Like, like, you know, right. like it's mainstream now. Taylor Tomlinson just came out with a new stand up comedy on Netflix. I, who um, is that? She's, a, she's a stand up comedian. Oh, okay. Um, I, but she, I just watched it like yesterday or two days ago and like half of like two thirds of her entire set is about her experience going through like therapy and getting mm-hmm. diagnosed and like her experience on medication and like wow people, like she's like anyone here go to therapy and like half the crowd she's like Woo! yeah i and, love that and, and, and she's like oh like mostly women not surprising <laughs> um <laughs> i know but hmm. yeah that's a whole other conversation i know but, yep but the whole point being like it is shifting like that stigma i hope i mean obviously we have our circles and we have similar circles of like types of people that are in them and so they are shifting yeah but even just like spoken from like my workspace like I work at a Latino organization and I hear constantly from my coworkers of like the things that they're like oh I'm going through this like I realized I was diagnosed with this thing I had no idea and like my culture doesn't really talk about these things and so even in that space I'm like this is it gives me hope it it helped it makes me hope for the future that we're going to continue moving in that way and obviously, like, things are going to get stuck. Things are going to lag. But if we also want to throw in Leon and I's favorite topic of astrology on Heck this. Heck, yeah. We just shifted from, like, oh, shoot, I forget what it's called. But we basically just shifted from 200 years of being in an earth sign into the air science. Mm-hmm. We just shifted Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. Um, and so we'll be in, like, an overruling air sign for the next 200 years. You're and welcome. And so, like, air signs are... The best. And especially, especially <laughs> Aquarius is known for, like, revolution, breaking mm-hmm. down systems, et cetera, et cetera. And so the suggestion or the hope is that, like, that shift will also help impact, like, maybe we'll start making systemic changes that, like, we're clearly seeing that are being influenced by yeah. all the stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Any last words about therapy? <sighs> Do it. Go. Do um, it. Now. Right now. Even if, like, uh, to take home what Liana had already, already oh, ooh, to take home what Liana had already said earlier, you don't have to have a reason. You don't have to be working through something big, but it's great to have it as a resource. Um, I've gotten to a place where, like, I've been going to therapy for, what, like, six, seven years. Um, I'm pretty, like, I have a lot of coping mechanisms that mm-hmm. I know how to use. I'm pretty good at labeling when I feel things. So I only check in with my therapist once every couple of weeks and I just talk about what's going on and it's great to have that outlook. So mm-hmm. if you're a person who's like, I don't really know, like just having that person to check in with, it's good to have friends to do that with too. But It's just, just like a doctor. It's yeah, your mind doctor. That's all. Having this space is, is really, you don't need a reason. Exactly. You're just checking in. Like use it as you need it and when you don't need it, that means you're doing good and when you need it, it's there. That's all it is. Right. It's right. not a sentence, life sentence. And but. I guess the other thing is if you have if you have questions or like want resources or suggestions, I mean, I'm sure you can reach out to Leon and you're yeah. also welcome to reach out to me um, if you know how to reach out to me. Uh, <laughs> well, now if you want to plug. I guess I'm plug, back on Instagram. Yes, Instagram you can plug is, her uh, Jenny de la Luna, which is Jenny with an I. So if you spell that out, it's J-E-N-N-I-D-E-L-A-L-U-N-A. Um, you heard. It's, Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. But whole point <laughs> being, like, um, if you're looking for, like, where to get started, the website Psychology Today can be pretty useful if you're looking to find a clinician. 
Um, cause you can sort by first you can tell like which insurance you have and then you can pick if there's anything else that's important to you. So if like gender is important to you or if there's like a specific issue or like if you're a Christian and you want someone who's Christian focused, like you can pick from that mm-hmm. direction and then you can also turn on who's currently accepting new clients. So then you can scroll through a list of people who in theory should be accepting your insurance are accepting new clients and then you can read their little bios and see which ones kind of resonate with you and then you can give them a call to see if you can schedule things it's not always perfect sometimes they like don't update their websites Mm -hmm. but like if you are like i'm ready i want to do it that is a really great website psychology today yes and then my last nugget i'll leave you with is like if you have a job a lot of time you're like work workplaces are tying that into your benefits package so you can get started with like six free sessions that your work will pay for so like definitely look into that because that's what I'm using like why pay for it if you don't have to especially if you're just like curious about it like that's a super great way to just try it out and then if you feel like it is really beneficial and you want to move forward in it then they'll help you like connect you to a long-term therapist so um definitely that's my recommendation yeah, my, my, my health plan also has something like that. It's not like six free sessions, but they actually have a whole wing of just mental health. Nice. That's like included in your benefits that's free. I don't, wow. I, I didn't use it right because I have a therapist already, but um, I use my HSA from my work mm-hmm. to pay for my therapy. Yep. And then that service is available to people to use, and I don't know exactly how it works, but like whole point being both of us have insurance plans. That, mm-hmm. like, there's some sort of mental health benefits that's u- that are usually getting baked into most like health insurance packages so if you have health insurance it should be somewhere in there hopefully and if it's not that's it should be anyways like i hate how like you have dentists is separate like i'm sorry is that and my eyes are those not part of my body like why is this is my brain mental like that's part of my brain which is part of my body why is this all different but i bet one day we'll get there i hope i hope i feel like we're on the right track yeah We'll see. Well, thank you all for listening. We're going to go celebrate St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day. I'm pinching you if you're not wearing green. Okay. Um, all right. Bye. <laughs>